Hello and welcome to the Paddle School Podcast. Your host and paddle coach Sandy here. Each episode I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable and enjoy the episode. So we're back on the podcast so far, Sandy, it's been a while, isn't it? It has, it has, yeah. definitely. And, and today I think let's recap uh, the US trip, which I've just come back from. So uh, my first stop was was LA, and then I went to St. Martin, and then uh, Chicago. So okay. uh, yeah, right, let's jump into it. So LA was your first stop. How was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean, I've been to LA a few times. It, from London, it is, it's just a really long flight, you know? So on the way over, we stopped in Chicago, spent the night there, then, then traveled to LA. And you don't realize like how big the US is, um, yeah. you know, and you're flying across and got to LA and uh, arrived the day before the clinics and then started the clinics the, the next morning. And um, it's, it's a really interesting and unique place for paddle. It's it's the only place I've been to where there aren't really any clubs. I mean, there is one club, and we'll talk about that. But um, you know, the majority of the paddle growth has come from residential and and people putting paddle courts in their residences. And it's you know high net worth individuals that are putting a, a court there and and then inviting their group of friends to play with them. And interestingly, it started off a bit like that in the UAE in the Middle East with you know, shakes and royal family and, and, and high net worth individuals, again, putting courts in their kind of residences or, or farms, as, as they call it, or majlises. And um, it developed from there because, you know, in Dubai, there's the land to build. Whereas I feel like LA, whenever I have a conversation there, it's, you know, there's not a lot of spare space. And the space that is available is very expensive and a bit like London, you know, very difficult to get hold of. So do you think it could be a bit slower than the UAE to, to take hold? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it, it will be possible to take hold like it did in the UAE. I mean, now Dubai is 500 courts. I don't think we'll see that in LA. Um, hopefully, there'll be, you know, a few clubs here and there popping up. I think there'll still be more and more. Even when I was there, there were five or six of the individuals I was working with that were going to put in a paddle court at their house. Um, and I think the majority of the growth, particularly in central LA will will be like that yeah I mean these communities that are forming in the US are passionate paddle communities aren't they they're early Mm. adopters and you see it in all these countries don't you these these early adopters are so passionate about the game and it's just it's great isn't it for the sport because those are the guys that then then grow the sport yeah and and you have some that that they put a court in their house and um you know they they invite their friends and it's a very private thing and then you have others that you know that they really have the court in their house so they can bring in influential people to to help grow the game and uh, you know Wayne Boyce who has just set up Reserva Paddle in and he's got a Reserva Paddle Miami a Reserva Paddle New York um you know he he does it a bit like that where he he bring you know he's trying to get people in the game that that can help grow the sport and i think it's you know it, it's not a bad way to do it because all of the the courts that you go to are in nice settings and usually it's people that have converted a tennis court so they've converted a tennis court put one paddle in they've got nice space for for seating and and things around the court and they are often like really nice locations yeah i mean i feel like pickleball and paddle go hand in hand always in the same sentence when it comes to the us what were your thoughts on did you get that feeling when you were in la around pickleball was it really present or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, one of the guys that I've been 
to previously and done some some training at his his house before he's now put two pickleball either side of, okay. of the paddle and and he said it he put them in mainly um you know for for those people like if he has a party that you know pickleball is is easier for a lot of people just to get started you know paddle we feel is relatively easy but pickleball is almost easier for, for people to get started and I don't see you know like a lot of people talk about competition and 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 this and that and I don't see it being like that I mean it's it's a recreational racket sport that people are enjoying and and I mean I've played pickleball and I feel like it, it's one of those I can see why it's popular it's so like paddle it's sociable it's easy to start it, you know yes people complain about the noise but people also complain about the noise with with paddle and and the glass and you know, I just think it's more people getting active. You know, those that play pickleball and also play paddle, depending on how competitive they are, how much they like the challenge, they, they often opt for paddle just because there's that, you know, a bit more of a tactical element. But yeah, I mean, pickleball was, was everywhere when, you know, when I was over there. And actually, interestingly, I played uh, pop tennis at at yeah. uh, Venice Beach, which I, I mean, I thought was a really good setup. They basically, and and I'm going to get this number wrong, but I think it, they had like 12 courts, like pop tennis courts that, and that's their paddle tennis. Like that's why they call in the States, they call paddle padel. Okay. Um, that's just, where the confusion yeah, comes Yeah, to in, avoid yeah. <laughs> that confusion. But it was 12 public courts and it's free for the public to use. So, so you don't rent the court. The only way you you kind of book a, you can't book them. The only way you book them is is by turning up, and then you put your your racket in the fence, and so you're waiting for a court. And if there's a racket in in the fence at the back of the court, that means someone's already waiting for that court. And it's quite, <laughs> I mean, it's quite a, like it's quite a nice system. It, it's it's a, a different vibe at, at Venice Beach. You know, it's there's kind of like wafts of marijuana across the court, <laughs> and there's like lots of you know like people busking and selling like by, by the court. And it was it was quite a busy atmosphere it was, it was actually quite yeah. nice it was uh you know you felt kind of really like in, in a bit of a buzz there and the sport itself was was interesting basically what they do is they take a tennis ball they pierce it with a needle so that there's less air in that ball and then they have like thin versions of a paddle racket so it, it's it's not a pickleball racket it's slightly it's, it's kind of in between that and you know it's played really fast like we play doubles and singles and it's on a, a smaller court basically a mini tennis court within a within a bigger area and you just play like rapidly hit the ball fast you know into either the body of the opponent or fast into the gaps and it's a very reactive game and so a lot of the players that we had to the, the paddle court were from you know pop tennis Okay. Uh, so so they played really like fast reactive type of paddle and, and and we'll get to this when when we talk about Chicago but in Chicago they have something called platform tennis which is similar to that but with a harder bouncier ball and you play off the screens at the the back of the court but I mean you know that th there are variations of racket sports in the US and and you know my experience there particularly in a, in LA is that you know paddle is growing they're putting in more paddle courts even if it is in residential and um, the groups are are really eager to learn now like uh, uh, again with with the clinics there they they got, got booked up really quickly and and as we went you know through the week there was like more and more requests for for lessons because they don't have coaching there and it's it's a difficult one for coaching there because it's all residents so you, you, you know it's not like a club where you could just fill your hours with like junior programs and, and 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 adult programs and things like that but i definitely see you know more growth happening there 
That's interesting, isn't it? Because typically, if you look at Europe, most people coming to paddle are from tennis or squash. But mm. it's interesting to see how the US, they've got pop tennis, um, yeah. all these different types of racket sports. So it'd be really interesting to see how that kind of all funnels funnels into paddle, I think. Yeah, and I mean, in, in Chicago, the majority of the players were from platform tennis. Right. Like, okay. like more more players came from platform tennis than from, from tennis, okay. like, which, was, which is unusual. We'll kind of get well, to yeah, that. Well, yeah, let's go yeah, to Chicago. Yeah. Was at stop number three, wasn't it? Yeah. Should we go yeah. to stop two? Mm -hmm. So, so you went from LA, yeah. Saint Martin. I've heard mm -hmm. it called Saint Martin, Saint Martin. We'll yeah. stick to the British pronunciation of mm -hmm. it. Saint Martin. How was the trip there? Yeah, it was good. I think part of the pronunciation is that there's a, a, a Dutch kind of half and a French half, and 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 when we're there, there's a, a real mix of nationalities. So. Um, you know, from LA, I, I flew, and it's it's not as close as you might think. And this is shows the size of the US. I I flew from LA to Miami, which was I think just over five hours, and and then f just over three hours from Miami down to to St Martin. And it was it was a really nice experience. I'd never been there before, so I, I love going to, to to new places and and new clubs and communities and things like that. And whenever we do this, I'm never quite sure how like invested the community are in like training and clinics and and um you know growing the game and things like that and i have to say like it was a fantastic community there like really really you know buzzing and and i mean they were great on and off court you know that it's it was set up by three owners um you could see that they set it up in in a passionate way so that you you know you had a terrace with a nice bar overlooking the courts and um you know they had kind of nice french croissants they had like you know an array of drinks and coffee and and like freshly sweet juice and all of that kind of stuff and and it, it was really all that you needed when you're off court and then when you're on court they were really you know they were a ded dedicated group they 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 loved it uh, you know we had loads of female players there which i thought was part of the reason the community is so strong and it's grown so much but I mean we got there and I like walked in the doors and I think of on the three courts I think there were 10 10 out of 12 were ladies and I said oh is this a ladies morning like, no 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 it's just normal bookings you know and and then we did ladies clinics which filled up like um straight away and and they were all really kind of enthusiastic about the group like they would play then they would go for a drink and you know they all kind of arranged amongst themselves to wear pink you know to wear something pink for the the clinic so it looked good for the photo and all this kind of stuff and it was it's those little things that make a big difference towards a, a community and you know I, I think that their occupation level on the court was really good um, and it was hot and humid I mean it was you know and I think we, we were off season when we're there so so it, it's it is slightly warmer um but it was, yeah, I mean, the club was, was thriving, really. And, and mainly thanks to, you know, the three owners do a great job. They're, they're in there every day doing, you know, kind of helping and, and, and getting involved. But then you've got you know, a club manager there who's very enthusiastic. You've got the coaches who want to learn and you've got the players themselves. I mean, every single group after they finished, it wasn't a question of, right, we're finished now and they walk out the door. I mean, they went straight up to the to the terrace, to, to the bar, and, and whether they had a drink or not, they would be there as a group almost socialising after their after their session, which I thought was was brilliant. Yeah, we see we, we see this all the time, don't we? The clubs that are bustling and busy are always ones with the strong communities, aren't they, mm, that have mm. these... I mean, quick question came to mind when you said they have the coffee there. 
Was the coffee up to? Well, I know you're a bit of a coffee snob. <laughs> I am a bit of a coffee snob. Yeah, it, it was. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the key to a club, isn't it? Is the coffee? Well, the, the, their club <laughs> manager is a is is a kind of French slash Greek guy, and okay. and so the first day he was like, "Do you want coffee and a croissant?" And I was like, "All right, well, I'll see. let me just check the machine because that's what usually if we go for a coffee, <laughs> yeah, I, I we do have to go and check the machine. Yeah, is it is yeah. it up to standard? Was yeah, it? and and yeah. It, it was a, it was a good coffee, oh, and right. it was a good French croissant as well. Oh. And I was like, "Wow, I can't believe." Bonus. Yeah, and then a freshly squeezed juice. So, I mean, what more can <laughs> what more can a coach yeah. ask for? So that's what a club needs: a community and a good coffee machine. Yeah. That- well, yeah. Which comes first, chicken and the egg, really, isn't it? Because I mean, it is true though. Like when we go to, you know, we've been to to Sweden uh, quite a few times, and we go to a club, and it'll have a massive club, you know, fifteen plus courts, and you'll go in, and there'll be a coffee machine that's like this, where you press one button for whatever you call, and you self serve, and you think, like, that there's there's a reason that players are coming off court and walking straight out the door, you yeah. know. So so. It sounds like a small deal, the coffee machine. Um, but if ever we're going to a club, please, yeah, please, <laughs> please have a nice coffee. Don't just have a push button. Yeah, for, don't for just have a, a push button coffee machine because <laughs> people won't stay and and have a coffee if it's not good coffee. Yeah. And it depends on the country, right? Some people. I'm not the only coffee snob out there. There's <laughs> there's a lot of people that like a good coffee. So, but yeah, back to the club. Yeah. Um, they. Yeah, they, they, they had a good mix. We, we did lots of clinics. We did some Americanos. We did an exhibition match. And, and it was, yeah, it was a really, it was, it was well organised and it was, uh, it was a really good time. We'll be going back there, won't we? We so, will be, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, speaking to the, the team and, and we, we stayed, I stayed at, Oyster, it was called Oyster Bay Beach Resort. And it was 10, 10 to 12 minute drive from the, the courts. And it was lovely, like, you know, you open your doors and you're on the ocean and it had like a kind of infinity pool looking out over the, the water, good food, um, you know, just a really kind of nice, clean place. And, you know, I, I think it would be a great place for us to do paddle holidays. Um, so, you know, we will be announcing that in the near future but we'll definitely go back there and do some more work with their community but also some you yeah. know some paddle, paddle holidays there because you know they, they they love you know they really enjoyed it and it'd be a great group to do that with yeah so for all you listening if you're in the area mm-hmm. yeah if we, you're uh, in the u.s yeah. uh, i mean the flight back was to charlotte and which is at carolina i mean it was it was really easy um yeah. and and quite a few fly direct to st martin's from the u.s it's a longer way from from europe but um for the u.s it it, it feels like a, a really good a really good option so that was stop number two you then went from st martin to chicago didn't you yeah so flew st martin's to to charlotte and then um actually to, to indiana first so i had a couple of days a couple of days off um and i needed it by that point you know they, there's low you know we did loads and loads i think just in st martin alone we had you know over 100 people on court so over the the, the four or five days that that i was there um and then indiana to to chicago and, and chicago's I, I was really impressed with that. I've always thought it'd be good to have a club, club in Chicago. We go a lot and it's obviously a big population, sporty population. Wilson is headquartered there. And actually, we went to Paddle Club, which is C-L-U-B-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they're partnered with Wilson. Um, and it, it was really a, a passion project set up by uh, the owner, a guy called Rudy Khalil. And he basically, I, I think it was six indoor courts, one outdoor court, but in a, in, a, in a big warehouse space. So there would have been space to do more. And he's given nice space between all the courts. You could run out and theoretically hold a, 
a good level tournament there and um but it was a lot of the little details like they had a lot of uh com you know conference rooms or, or work rooms and then a really nice like lounge bar uh, area before you go into the courts and I mean, I just happened to go on, you know, there was a heat wave over like these two days and the, the humidity and the heat was so high. It was over 100 degrees on both of those days. And, and so it was warm in there. But I mean, the rest of, you know, the rest of the year, it, it, it's great. And then obviously Chicago gets really cold in the winter and they, they put, put the heaters on. But um, like I said earlier in the podcast, we get a lot from platform tennis there, which is nice because it's kind of adapted tennis so it's it's almost a midway point from tennis to paddle so they understand the concept um you know of, of coming forward and being patient within in the rally and they were explaining to me that in platform tennis there's i think they called it like a dump zone where you can just be really safe like you can just lob the ball in there and then you can't finish the point and and so they were saying you know asking me like where's the the dump zone in paddle and i was like well there isn't really one because you know it, you, you have to constantly be thinking how to maneuver yourself uh, in a point and so um it was interesting just a different racket sport background coming to paddle well, obviously we had tennis and squash players as well and and some from no racket sports but again a, a really nice community and and um you know rudy's done a fantastic job of of they've only been open since december so it's not even a full year yet and they're you know they're really gathering momentum they're doing some nice leagues they've you know arranged a rating system so that everyone can play in the league and have good games and uh you know i was really i was really impressed with that and uh you know him and his family are, are involved in you know all of the, the the kind of process going on there so it was yeah it was really enjoyable to see that it's interesting to hear the players from platform tennis there's almost a similar mentality isn't there to paddle i think with with tennis players that come to paddle one of the biggest things to change is your mentality to not not mm. be aggressive and try mm. and finish the point too early but it actually sounds like that that, men, that mentality of you know obviously there isn't a dump zone but even that that idea that there is a kind of safety and you can be patient does it lend itself for for those guys to be able to adapt a bit easier do you think yeah i think so and and they 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 call it the screens that are around the the court which is the equivalent of the glass but they, it's not used in in the same way like in paddle you can attack and defend with that that glass and you can really put someone in trouble with that and and obviously in this situation it's like back from the court so you have the court and then it's it's further back so you can play off them but it's not it's not quite the same but but they they very quickly understood the concept of of paddle um and 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 really got into it i mean they were they were a group that they've gone through mainstream racket sports and they found a niche racket sport like platform and they love you know they, they really took to paddle because they they understand this idea of it being a niche racket sport and they need to learn different things in order to be effective and um you know they they i could tell some of them were the first time from platform to tennis and they were they were they're going to be avid paddle players for sure yeah. and i mean this is the i think that oh, i don't want to get this right but the third or fourth time you've been out to the us for paddle i think yeah, how, yeah. like in what in a few years i think how, how have you seen the difference then from now are you seeing it grow very quickly do you think it's steady? it's growing i mean uh, it's growing really really fast and, and what i what i like about it so far in everywhere that, that we've been so far is that it, it, it is passionate 
paddle players and, and, and passionate people in paddle that are developing these clubs, you know, and, and if you look at the, the history of, of other countries, you know, when a, a massive conglomerate takes over and buys up all the clubs from passionate paddle, you know, enthusiasts that have started the club, it ends up turning the club into a bit of a ghost town. And, that, and that's what's happened. You see that in Sweden, you know, like I, I remember when the first trip to Sweden, it was like this, where it's passionate and people are like, yeah, growing great communities. And then when, the, when they sell the club to someone who is not passionate and, and doesn't have that same drive to develop a community, the courts go empty. And so I love this trip when, and actually this is mainly who we work with, right? We work with clubs that are passionate about developing and, and that's really why they bring us in is to, to, to launch, to get more momentum, to give something back to their community. And so, you know, these trips, particularly St. Martin and, and Chicago, where it was clubs and it was thriving communities, I, I love to see that because, you know, they, it's their baby essentially they're growing that and and i hope it stays that way for for most of you know the us and obviously i'm sure there's going to be big companies that that buy clubs out but um you know if you look at the history in 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 the nordics that's ended up ruining the sport in those countries so you know i think hopefully the us won't be like that and also it's it's so big yeah. <laughs> i mean it's massive you know like we, we're talking here of going you know la you know to to the caribbean to chicago i mean you know that would be that would be crossing a lot of potential courts isn't yeah, it yeah well that, that, that would that be crossing yeah. you know all of europe like yeah. that that type of trip right and so um you know there, there's there's enormous potential in the us yeah and we're going back there aren't we in yeah. october so. yeah yeah we're going back there and looking forward to that trip already we'll go to philadelphia and new york and and, and check it out there and and then again even later in the year you know there's there's another trip to the us planned and so um you know, and, and looking looking forward to those, yeah. for sure. And before we get out to the US, we're actually going to Spain, aren't we, for our first ever paddle school holiday, which yeah, is quite yeah. exciting. Yeah, so that's that's less than a couple of weeks away now, yeah. and, and I'm really looking forward to that. And it, 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 again, it will be training in person, a really enthusiastic group, and spending a lot of time. You know, what, we'll, what we've planned there is, is to, you know, do some video analysis, analyse the game. And I did this a lot in the lessons in the last couple of weeks was, you know, get videos, show them where they're going wrong. And, and then almost like, and this is what we do with our platform is, is point them in the direction of the tutorials that they need. And, and a lot of them didn't even realize, well, we had a platform yeah. and a lot of them were like, oh my God, that's fantastic that they can then continue our relationship. I mean, we're essentially coaching players online, but they can send their videos to us and we continue to give them tips and feedback and tell them what to work on. And we've got, you know, a massive drill bank on there. So, you know, really we, even though we're not there, we can continue to, to coach them and help them develop over time. Yeah. And it's the first holiday of many, isn't it? We're going to be doing a lot mm. more of these coming up. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Keep an eye out. They will be mm. advertised, won't they? Well, they'll all be on our event page on the paddleschool.com. So, yeah. and what we'll always do is announce it within our, our membership community first and they get, you know, they'll get first access and then through socials and things like that. Sandy, it's been a pleasure, as always. As always. Nice to be back on the couch. It is, isn't it? Having a chat. Yeah, yeah, I've missed it. And we'll do it again soon. Yeah.